It is Craig Hemingway and Joe Gunnis. The Ratio Podcast is back for CFL Finals Weekend. Joe, East and West Finals set for Sunday, and let's get things going with the Eastern Final. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Toronto at BMO Field taking on the Argonauts. Riders trying to make history, becoming the first Western crossover team to ever represent the East in a Grey Cup. It is yet to happen. Can it happen this weekend? I absolutely believe it can happen this weekend. I mean, the Riders are playing great football. Uh, you look at Kevin Glenn's performance uh, last week. He was dominant, really. Uh, the whole team played very, very well. And Derek Dennis stepped in at, uh, on the offensive line. And, and the, yeah, I think it's 100% possible. It's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, Mark Tressman uh, in his first season in Toronto, getting the Argos back to the Eastern final, one win away from the Grey Cup, where I believe, I think I said at the start of the season, I thought the Argos would end up actually as Eastern representative. But we won't worry about that right now. But you got that matchup at BMO Field, the first playoff game at BMO Field, and, and thanks in part to the Riders being there. I mean, it's going to be, sounds like close to sold out, and I think close to sold out is about as good as you can hope for in Toronto, so that's exciting news. And then you've got the battle of the 38-year-old quarterbacks, Kevin Glenn uh, taking on Ricky Ray. Uh, a lot of really intriguing storylines, Joe, and I know at CFL.ca they've made their picks uh, and are giving the Argos the edge in almost all the matchups. It's a very interesting set of matchups. I mean, you got Wilder, Thigpen, you've got Ray versus Glenn, you've got Lemon versus Jefferson. As old Ed Whalen would say, it's going to be a ring-a-ding-dong dandy. Well, it certainly should be, and it's just exciting for the league, I think, to have uh, not necessarily Toronto in the Eastern Final, but having them in the Eastern Final at BMO Field and having the excitement around the game. This is such a big opportunity uh, to capitalize on. Well, let's be honest. I mean, having the riders involved in that uh, final game, uh, the Eastern final there, will help in, in ticket sales for sure. But I think the whole thing is, is it gives uh, Toronto an opportunity to showcase their their talent and their and where they've come from the start of the year. I mean, one of the best running backs in the league, uh, you know, by far. Uh, obviously, I mean, I have to give you credit because you did uh, make some statements about Tressman, and he'll have them ready to play. And the good thing is, is that people are going to get to enjoy BMO again and, and maybe really feel that football atmosphere. So hopefully all the work that the, the Organauts uh, Club has done, and, you know, with regards to trying to get fans back in the, in the seats in the stadium to watch a good product, uh, this will certainly go to kind of be the icing on the, on the top of the cake. Yeah, and you take it from there, not only should the, the stadium look great and, and likely sound great, but it'll look and sound great uh, in front of what could be an absolutely large television audience. CFL ratings were strong last weekend, and again, you mentioned it with the fact that the Riders are in this game, coupled with the fact that they're playing in Toronto, and there is a little bit more of a groundswell of excitement around the Argonauts and, 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 and a Toronto team having a chance to to winning something, I mean, that should create a huge, huge TV audience, a win for the CFL and for TSN, of course, and and, and maybe, uh, you know, the Argos themselves. You know, the good thing about that, uh, like you say, is it's been last week's games were some of the most viewed in CFL history, right? So, I mean, that poses positive for the league, but definitely here, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of interest in what's going on. And, you know, the good thing for me is, you know, as a fan is I think I'm going to watch a good football game and, and it won't be as cold in Toronto as it's going to be, uh, you know, for the Western final. And that to me just poses better for a better football game, uh, you know, able to get the footing, the traction. And, and so we'll see what the teams bring. That's for sure. Well, 
because I picked them at the start of the year, there's no reason to turn back now. So I'm going to take Toronto over the Riders. I've got the Riders. They're just, you know, on a roll playing great football. And, you know, if Kevin Glenn can come out and put on the same type of game that he played last week, uh, look out. And that takes us to the Western Final on Sunday, the second game Sunday afternoon. The Calgary Stampeders hosting the Edmonton Eskimos. The Stampeders played poorly going into the playoffs, lost their last three games uh, of the regular season. And there were some questions surrounding Abu Levi Mitchell and how healthy is he and, and those sorts of things. And Edmonton, again, after their uh, season of wild swings, it's been uh, an upswing the last third of the season right through to the playoff win against Winnipeg last weekend. So cold weather and, and conditions aside, this also, Joe, should make for a really intriguing football game. Again, can you ask for anything better than the Battle of Alberta? I mean, you know, as far as we talked earlier about TV, uh, you know, and, and fans, and I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, you don't have to go too far down the road to, to cheer on your favorite team if you're from Edmonton, right? So it's like, you know, that should be a stadium jam-packed, and you're right, it's going to be a great football game. I mean, you've got two solid quarterbacks. Uh, you've got a good ground ground game on both sides, especially if it's cold and and icy out uh, you know on the field. So uh, and you got lots of guys that can catch the football, so it's going to be a good football game. One of those losses at the end of the season for Calgary was against Edmonton. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Well, I got uh, I got the Eskimos. I mean, honestly, if you if you go down down the list, I mean, Mike Riley maybe pound for pound the toughest quarterback in the league, and uh, with their with their addition of C.J. Gable and what he's been able to do, um, fantastic. Uh, again, Matt O'Donnell, one of the best linemen in the league. And, I mean, we can go down the list, but I really believe that they are probably the more solid team, more capable team, and, and maybe just a little bit more talented, especially in the receiving core. Well, Edmonton is going to be a tough out, but I think Calgary uh, will be able to rebound and and, and maybe have used their, their bye week uh, to their advantage to regroup. Uh, they've got such a great organization from, from Huffnagel down to Dave Dickinson and, and through the rest of their coaching staff that I think uh, they will have been able to, again, turn the team's mentality around and, and turn their physicality around as well and get them ready to play on Sunday. It's going to be close, but I'm going to take the Calgary Stampeders uh, making it to the Grey Cup one week from this Sunday. But, I mean, you, you mentioned it, and we mentioned it in both cases. Great matchups should be huge TV numbers. CFL head office must be in, in great spirits. And adding to that, uh, Joe, let's finish off with this. Uh, the report from Dave Naylor of TSN uh, about a Halifax group uh, presenting a plan to the CFL to get that elusive 10th franchise on the East Coast. I think we can all applaud and say that, you know, it'd be great to have uh, have that franchise and, and, of course, have the 10 teams as well. And, you know, I hope for whatever it's worth, and I know they're just starting out in due diligence and they've got a long ways to go, but forever, whatever it's worth, I hope that it does come to fruition and, and as soon as possible because, uh, you know, a 10-team league would be great. And, again, uh, you know, with the commissioner and everything that he's done uh, this year so far, uh, just bodes well for, you know, future expansion and, and really future expansion of the game overall, uh, all generations. So uh, I think, you know, going out there would be an excellent idea. Well, certainly when we had the, the commissioner on uh, the ratio earlier this season, he stated that as a, as a huge goal is to get that uh, that team uh, in Halifax or somewhere on the East Coast. And, it, and now looking back, you wonder, okay, he 
probably had some inkling at that time that there was this group out there. He's not he's not a stupid man. He's not going to put something out there that he doesn't believe can actually come to fruition. So again, that, that just plays to uh, the positive feelings about what could come out of this group, who seems uh, very legitimate. Uh, Anthony LeBlanc, uh, who's from uh, New Brunswick, uh, former president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL, uh, Gary Drummond, a Regina guy who's president, who was president of hockey operations for that code, Coyotes. So there's that uh, connection there. So some well-off businessmen who have experience in professional sports that only can bode well, we would think. But of course, a lot of hoops yet to get through, not the least of which is a stadium. Yeah, a stadium, and you know, then you either played some exhibition games and different things out there. So you know, will they get the fan support, which is the most important piece, and. And so it'll be very interesting to see, uh, you know, all the steps as they, they they investigate this further, for sure. Well, good news for the CFL there, and uh, good news for us here on The Ratio with uh, guests coming up on the big podcast. We are set to be joined by the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rod Peterson, the king of the Peterson Media Empire. He'll join us from Ottawa to talk Riders and Argos and also uh, about uh, some of the things he's been up to uh, away from the play-by-play booth. All that and more coming up on the Ratio Podcast. Right now, a quick word about EMJ Marketing. EMJ Marketing provides keynote speakers, MCs, sports celebrities, and entertainers for your next event. There's a long list of CFL greats on the EMJ roster, from Damon Allen to Pinball Clemens to Scott Schultz and Gizmo Williams and beyond. So for your next sports dinner, visit emjmarketing.com to find your entertainment. And thanks for joining us in the Ratio Podcast this week. I'm Craig Hemingway. Still to come, our chat with voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rod Peterson, about the big matchup in Toronto for the East Final. To talk about that right now, from the Toronto Argonauts themselves, our friend Sean Lemon, the Argos defensive lineman, at S Lemonator on Twitter, and uh, he's had a lot of time to think about playing the Riders. He and the Argos, of course, since the uh, since the East Final berth a, a couple weeks back. And Sean joins us now from Toronto, just a couple days away from game day. As we talked to him on Friday night, Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well and getting excited for the game, but probably not nearly as excited as you are. Yes, let's let's start with that. Uh, you've had uh, well, as we talked to you, almost a full two weeks to to get ready for the Eastern Final. Do you feel like you're you're ready to go and, and prepared as you need to be? Oh, very excited. We're definitely, you know, we've just been getting better every day, using the time wisely. Uh, just you know, doing a lot of self study this week, really getting in depth on our opponent. So just excited, man. Excited to put it all together this week. Talk to us about how your approach changed as soon as you knew it would be Saskatchewan you were facing. I wouldn't say our approach changed. It's just, you know, uh, we just been it went from the transition as far as from working on yourselves individually and as a team uh, last week till you know, just game prep for opponent. So uh, just, just knowing who you're playing against, but, uh, you know, putting the game plan together and uh, just getting better with your teammates. In your conversations, as you talk about Sunday, um, oftentimes teams will say, listen, we're not going to let this player beat us. Is that a conversation that your defense has had? And if so, who's that player? 
Um, no, no, not at all. You know, we're just focusing on, you know, not letting ourselves beat ourselves as far as, you know, getting better as a team, uh, doing doing what we've been doing. We've been playing great ball defensively, you know, this year. So uh, just going up and showing up to play Argos defense and uh, just, just focusing on ourselves and our assignments and executing fast. You know, those are the things that we can't control as, you know, defensive players. So uh, just, you know, just focusing on ourselves and our game plan and just going out and executing. Does it give you any more confidence or, or at least uh, do anything to your uh, thought process knowing you're playing a quarterback who isn't necessarily the most mobile quarterback? Uh, I'm not going to say that because I'm not sure which quarterback we're playing. They have the luxury of two quarterbacks with two completely different styles. So just got to go out and see, you know, see what happens. You know, they have a tendency of, you know, put, playing both quarterbacks. Uh, that's been working pretty good for them this year. So uh, it just all depends, man. We just, I'm just ready for whatever whatever we need to do as a team, whatever I need to do as an individual to get uh, this city to the Grey Cup, and uh, that, that's what I'm willing to do. Well, they will be starting Kevin Glenn, of course, but how do you prepare then uh, for that possibility, knowing full well they may well play uh, Glenn and Brandon Bridge? Just uh, completely two different style quarterbacks. Uh, just uh, got to, you know, just prepare two game plans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Prepare two game plans for two different quarterbacks. Uh, most importantly, the offensive line remains the same. So uh, just go out and execute, and you got to get past the offensive line to get to the quarterback anyway. So focus on that first. Any, uh, you know, as you have thought about this, were you, were you hoping maybe to play Saskatchewan given the, given the, your history with that franchise? Not at all. Not at all. Not, you know, not thinking about that from that. There's just so much going on with winning a great cup. And uh, just to be in a position that, you know, uh, for a chance to make my uh, third great cup appearance as an individual and, you know, to get this city back to the great cup at Toronto. I'm just excited for that. Those guys in the locker room who've never had a chance to experience that experience that I had in 2014 i'm more excited for you know helping one of my teammates who haven't won a great cup ring so that same feeling and excitement uh, that i felt in 2014 as we uh sit here talking uh, on friday night a couple days before the game they're only uh you know a couple thousand close to three or so away from a sellout which uh could be the biggest crowd ever at bmo field to see you guys play i mean there's two things that work there one it must be exciting to to play in front of a crowd that big uh, two, though, there is an excellent chance that a large portion of those might be Saskatchewan fans. So how do you approach that? No, that's a part of the game, but that's one thing, you know, one of the things I'm definitely excited, you know, for the crowd that we were putting together. Uh, I know that, the, you know, management and the ticket office guys, uh, uh, Sarah Moore, you know, Mike Copeland and, uh, you know, Mike Hook as well, who's, uh, ticket sales, they've been doing a great job in marketing this game and, you know, we've already had a pretty decent crowd before our opponents was announced. You know, it just so happens that, you know, the number revealing came out a little bit further down down the road. So uh, I'm just definitely excited and thankful. You know, I have guys that put in I think the work that they put in the office uh, and through the offseason, I mean, sticking around Toronto. So uh, just excited for this city. Well, we know uh, a couple in the crowd that will definitely be cheering for the Argos and yourself. Your parents, you say, are are coming up from the States to, to watch the game. What does that mean to you, and does that ever affect your play at all? No, not at all. They've been, us with me being in closer to the uh, Washington, D.C., Maryland area where they're from, they've been up a few times this season uh, to come see me play. You know, it's excitement. You know, I, my wife being here and uh, my niece coming up and my mom and dad and one of my brothers coming up. It's exciting, but, uh, you know, still work to be done out here on the field and uh, kind of a good luck charm for me because uh, every uh, – a finals game that they've been able to come to, uh, we've been able to get a win. So <laughs> uh, definitely excited about that. 
You know, one thing that uh, that came out uh, just a handful of days ago was uh, apparently you uh, have some extra money in your pocket thanks to uh, a bet before the, the season got going with your uh, good friend and rival from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Simone Lawrence. Uh, recap that for us, would you? Uh, just so we made a bet in the offseason uh, on Twitter, he decided to make a bet, and I decided, decided to, you know, I accept the challenge. So, yeah, I accept the challenge on a bet with him about us making a playoff appearance this year. And uh, he's been quietly uh, paying that off for a few weeks now. So it's definitely paid off now. But, uh, you know, it is a, a commitment to the type of person that he is for him to, you know, have fun with that and, and still be able to honor that. So uh, he's definitely a first-class friend and a first-class uh, a guy for standing up for his side of the bet. Uh, call him Simone E-Transfer, right? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> e transfer. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I, I give that a couple seconds to bounce around. <laughs> uh, well, listen, Sean Lemon, uh, it's an exciting time, and uh, we wish you all the best in the East Final uh, coming up this Sunday uh, as you take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. All the best to you in the game. Well, thanks a lot. I'll be talking to you from Ottawa next week. Thanks. Our thanks again to Sean Lemon of the Toronto Argonauts. He and the Argos playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Sunday in the CFL East Final. Time for a break. When we come back, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rod Peterson, joins us on the ratio. The CFL Alumni Association is devoted to serving former players and keeping them in the fold to promote the game of football across the country. Established in 2008, the CFLAA continues to grow and sustain the relationship between the CFL and the players that helped make it great. They also help former players in a time of financial need. If you want to find out more about the work done by the CFL Alumni Association, check out their website, cflaa.ca. Craig Hemingway on the ra- Craig Hemingway here. It's the Ratio Podcast and Rod Peterson. Voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders joins us in a moment right after we tell you about SeatGiant.ca, the place to go for your tickets to, whether it's the CFL Finals, the Grey Cup, NHL, NFL, NBA, Broadway shows, concerts. If it's happening in North America, you can get your tickets through SeatGiant.ca. And guess what? We're getting close to Christmas. SeatGiant.ca has a Christmas gift. $10 gift cards. 10 bucks off your next ticket purchase through SeatGiant. Just check them out at SeatGiant.ca to find out more. Glad to be joined right now by the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rod Peterson, who calls their games on 620 CKRM out of Regina. Rod, not only the voice of the Riders, host of the Sports Cage Sports Talk Show on CKRM, but also uh, the head of Peterson Media, which dispenses advice and gives presentations on social media, broadcast media, and also recovery and we're going to talk about all that right now as rod joins us from ottawa as we speak to rod uh it was thursday night when our chat took place and rod found a a quiet room not for concussions uh but another quiet room in ottawa as he was uh, watching the ottawa senators in action rod how are you hey good thanks for calling it's a pleasure to finally be on your podcast yeah, well, thanks for joining us, and I, I really appreciate you doing this. I know we're talking to you Thursday night. Uh, you're taking a break from the Senators game to, to do this, so we appreciate that. You handicapped the game for us here on Sunday. Uh, you know, you've been obviously, you know, uh, seeing the Riders come from uh, struggling midseason and turning it on and, and, and now rolling through to the Eastern final. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think the Riders are going to win because I think they're the better team. 
Um, when you talk about a handicap or a betting line, I watched that very closely. And the opening line had the Argos favored by 1.5. And now, uh, as of four or five days before the game, the Argos are 2.5 point favorites. So we're talking about less than a field goal, but the odds makers in Vegas still think the Argos will win. I don't for a couple of reasons. The first I've already said, I think the Riders are a better team. They've beaten them twice already in the regular year. There are those that say, oh, it's tough to beat a team three times in a year. I don't believe that if you're a better team, which I think the Riders are. So, But the Argos have a, have a lot more going for them than the Ottawa Red Blacks did last week. This will be the toughest game the Riders will face all year long until next week in Ottawa in the Grey Cup when I think they'll oppose Edmonton. Toronto's going to put up a hell of a fight. They're going to have a very creative game plan under Mark Trussman. Corey Chamlin's going to want to beat his former team in the first ever game played at uh, playoff game at BMO Field. Exciting storylines. Going to be a hell of a game. Riders will win. And I'll take that line of three points. Have you talked much with Kevin Glenn? I mean, what's his frame of mind? This, again, this likely looking like potentially his, his last best shot at getting back to another great cup. Uh, I've talked to him daily. I've talked to him at the field. I've talked to him around the hotel. He hasn't changed. Nobody's changed. He's not displaying any signs of nerves. I think that he knows that he's had a Hall of Fame career, whether he wins a great cup or not. He doesn't want to go into history as the CFL's version of Dan Marino. Uh, but I'll be honest, I, I think he and a lot of the riders feel that they're playing with house money right now. Nobody expected them to get this far. Uh, frankly, if you told me back in the spring before the season kicked off that the riders would be 60 minutes from a great cup appearance, I don't think I'd believed it. I don't think you'd believed it. I don't think our listeners would have believed it. So that's why there's no pressure on them. Um, he doesn't have any sort of a chip on his shoulder. He expects to play the full game in Toronto, just like he expected to play the full game in Ottawa. Will it happen? I don't know. That's going to depend on an Argos defensive front that had the most sacks in the CFL this year with 50. They're going to do everything they can to get after Kevin Glenn and chase him out of the game. Uh, I can't tell you whether they're going to be able to or not. That's why you got to. That's why you got to turn it on TV on Sunday. Well, you already alluded to with the the surprise uh, as, as what's happened here in Rideville throughout this season and the complete 180 from the start of the season and all the turmoil, uh, and then that that's followed him really through the year as well. What is it about Chris Jones that has allowed him to to turn this team around like this? Uh, everything. It's how much time you got. I mean, you talk about turning over a roster 80 to 85 percent when he showed up showing 19 veterans the door the day after he was hired. Uh, he has been pretty cold and calculated with the way he's crafted this roster. Uh, year one was scrapped. Nobody told us that was going to be the case until afterwards when they were 5-13. and 13. But every single thing he's done, being the architect of where they are now, has been by design. And he knows what he's doing. But I've been getting the question a lot this week, where was the turning point? When did the switch gets flipped when did you become a believer well at two and four this year in mid-august it wasn't looking good and you know i was on a station in vancouver today that said how much credit should chris jones get for what he's built i said he's got to get it all because if this roof had caved in coming out of the first third of the season at two and four and say they missed the playoffs and posted a below 500 record he would have taken all the blame so what he's done is he's allowed the players to be themselves. He's trusted in them. Don't forget last year they were having 10, 11, 12 roster changes per week. This year, 
two, three at the most. And if it wasn't injury-related, maybe one or two changes. Trusted his players. They Players returned that trust, and now they are where they are. And it's a team that knows they're good. Deron Carter actually said it today. Yes, we know we're good. We know we deserve to be here, and we've come here to win. I want to talk about you for a second in this year and where this year ranks for, for memorable for you because you, you've called Grey Cup victories. You've called almost every scenario. Now you're set to call uh, an Eastern final <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the first uh, that's time. That's a first. Yeah, so that's a first. So between that and the new stadium, uh, you know, can you already put into some kind of perspective what this year has been like? No, I'll reflect on it at some time when I'm sitting on a patio at a coffee house in Arizona this winter because I'm not ready for it to be done yet, uh, obviously. But just the new stadium itself, Craig, you've obviously been there. You must have. It's jaw-dropping. It's better than what we expected. Calling games in there is an absolute dream. I didn't – I, I want to say that I didn't know what to expect this year, but I did go around the province speaking at dinners every weekend saying that I thought the Riders would achieve 10 wins. Lo and behold, they achieved 10 wins. So I believed in this regime, but I didn't know how they were going to get here. So I'm, I'm enjoying every single day of being with them. It's a coaching staff that I get. Uh, I know how they think. They've welcomed me with open arms. And I've thoroughly enjoyed every day of being with them this year. And again, not expecting it to end Sunday in Toronto. I, there's just something about this group. They've already taken that first step to history to becoming the first team to advance to the Grey Cup via the crossover. Why not finish it off? And it's not just getting to the Grey Cup, but winning the whole thing. This regime was hired to win multiple championships, and they're delivering on what they said. Uh, and although people didn't like the way, you know, you've been around Weston Dressler and Durant and those guys, you know how good of guys they are. They're franchise legends. People didn't like the way they were shown the door. That's the way Chris Jones does things. Why well, show emotion? It's execution style, uh, but nobody thought, nobody ever said he didn't know what he was doing uh, from the Ryder Nation. They may not have liked his methods, but nobody thought he was out of his mind, and he's proving that he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, getting ready for the game on Sunday, of course. Um, beyond that, Rod, of course, uh, most people listening to this likely will know that, uh, and they've probably been on rodpeterson.com to check out your blog and uh, one of the most popular across Canada. I want to talk about that just for a little bit and uh, really Peterson Media, which you've expanded into the last few years. You, as you mentioned, you're talking around the province, not only at dinners, but but holding seminars on things like social media and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, when did you first realize, okay, this is where I can branch off into, and then how did you get it this far? Well, I appreciate you asking, and uh, to be honest with you, I, uh, I'll try to make it brief, but I've had pro sports teams in both Canada and the States bring me in to talk to their staff about social media, community relations, media relations, and do these things just as a friend, uh, you know, which is fine. But I was never paid for that. Um, I've had a lot of young people in the media come to me sort of as a mentor, which I really enjoy doing, giving them advice. And, I, I, you know, one guy came up to me in Montreal, asked people for coffee. He said, okay, how do I become you? And I'm like, you know, A, I was insulted a little bit because uh, it's taken 20 years to do it or longer. But B, People have been taking my ideas and running with them and having success. 
But my boss just said, listen, you shouldn't be giving away this info for free. And with one incident with an NHL team, um, I gave them a whole bunch of community relations ideas and promotional ideas. They said they were terrible ideas, stuck me on a plane and sent me back to Saskatchewan. And then about three, four months later, I was on their Twitter account and they were putting them all into action. Just changed the names of what I had pitched. So I'm like, you know, I got a lot to offer here. Um, I got a lot of people asking for it. And rather than sitting down and having a coffee with each individual person, I'm going to have these seminars. People can come and I will spend a day teaching them how to put on events, promote events, do it through social media, how to use Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the difference between all of them. And to be honest with you, the people that have come to these seminars have gone on to win awards for their social media and they're getting hired for jobs. One of my favorite stories is Wanda Heron from Estevan. Wanda Heron Photography uh, came to the first seminar. She ended up shooting for the uh, Regina Thunder, um, various sports teams around the province. All of a sudden, she's been hired as the Great Cup uh, volunteer photography coordinator based on the, some of the things she'd learned at my uh, seminar. So it, it, it really burns me when people say, oh, you only have so many followers, you're only so popular because you're the voice of the riders. No, there's a lot that goes into that, and the proof's in the pudding. And like I said, those that show up and come to these seminars um, have gone on to do great things, increased their exposure, obviously, but increased their bottom line, and gone on to win awards for the things that they're doing, and are all things that I taught them. So there's been spinoff out of that. Um, got a lot of other businesses lining up to have me come in and train them on social media. So that's kind of where that began. I sort of get the long-winded answer, but... It's sort of the social media, the public speaking, my writing on the side. All that has nothing to do with the Rough Riders, really, or my daily talk show. It's uh, things that I've learned in this trade for 25 years that I thought everybody knew. As it turns out, not everybody knows. No, it's a great story and a testament to, as you mentioned, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, right? I mean, you, you started your blog not maybe envisioning, maybe hoping, but not envisioning it would become what it became. But no. it's the it was the consistency about it, and over time, it builds that, that slowly builds that audience, right? Well, it's the biggest thing that I tell. I've been teaching people in the media, and now I'm teaching the people in recovery that I'm coaching. It's consistency. It's showing up every day. Honestly, Craig, I don't feel I'm any more talented than anybody else, but it's the work ethic that I learned on the farm that I transferred into the media world and social media world, which really isn't backbreaking labor, but to show up Amen. <laughs> and yeah. And, and bring your lunch pail and just show up every day because it's human nature to lay off, uh, just not to stick to the plan. And that's where people fall off, uh, in business, in the media, uh, and in recovery, which I know you're going to ask me about, which is the other new exciting venture that I'm in. It's uh, And I love these memes. As I love about social media. You can sit there in the morning and read, see all these inspirational posts that put your mind in the right place. And they, what do they say? Cons um, persistence will get you there. Consistency will keep you there. And that's on top of your particular craft. I don't care if you're, you're a radio broadcaster or a sports bar or a photographer or a library or a junior hockey team or any one of the companies that have come to my seminars, you know, the Conservative Party of Canada, banks, you name it, they've all been there. And uh, they've all afterwards just been glowing about what they learned in these afternoons. 
Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, recovery, and, and that is another thing I wanted to get to. Uh, you've been uh, outspoken about uh, your recovery uh, as an alcoholic, and 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 wanting to share that story. Not everybody wants to share their story, but you're 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 wanting to do that and help others with that. So I guess uh, uh, again, briefly, just go through uh, where you're at with with that. Um, not just with your recovery, but with with your um, presentation you can do on on recovering. Well, it's funny funny to say that because I never wanted to go public with it either. I knew through my whole life, my adult life, that at some point I was going to have to stop drinking. My dad is 41 years sober. He quit drinking when I was two. But I just felt somewhere along the line, I'm going to be on the radio someday giving a monologue or a soliloquy as to explaining myself for something I did drinking and I'm going to stop and go into recovery. That never quite happened that way. But it was January 26th 2015 that I had my rock bottom which was showing up on the air um, you know on on uh, under the influence if you will and don't even really remember that day that knocked me into recovery we're coming up on three years of that and to be honest it was the recovery community in Regina that came to me about six seven months into my sobriety saying look there's something about you that people listen to what you say uh, we like the road that you're on and the way you are persistent with your recovery. Will you go public with it? Because we think that it will help a lot of people to realize there's no shame in getting sober. Um, you know, I never touched drugs, but it's the, it's the same illness of addiction. There's nothing to be ashamed about. There's shame in being an active addict or alcoholic, but there's no shame in quitting. And I said, yeah, I'm willing to do whatever you want. And it's just snowballed and mushroomed from there. And it's become, you know, Joe Gunnis is a big part of this podcast and he's a big part of Peterson Recovery with me. <laughs> I can't even tell you how bright the future is for it and how much it's, it's exploding. And it's just, I'm not chasing anything. These opportunities are coming to me. And I was just talking to somebody today in Ottawa that had asked me about getting sober and how. How is it different from guys, sober celebrities like Bradley Cooper and Robert Downey and Zac Efron or Ben Affleck or any guys that got sober, but just, and Rob Lowe just got sober and, and not that I'm in that stratosphere. I'm just talking as a public person. Those guys got sober, moved on. Never really made a big deal out of it. None of them have actively gone out and recruited people that are struggling with addictions and said, come to this side of the street. Come to the sunny side because life's better over here. And that's what's different with me. So I almost shudder to say this, or I'm almost scared to say it, but I've met with business leaders across the country who are in recovery. And they said, Rod, you can be the Tony Robbins of recovery if you want to follow that road because nobody's gone down that road before. Nobody. So believe me, it's not easy. I put up with a lot of flack from people that don't like what I'm doing or the way that I'm doing it. And it's, it's never been done. So that <laughs> I never thought this would be an opportunity that would present itself just from getting sober. That itself is enough rewards, believe me. But to be constructing a tour to go around the province to speak to groups and churches and schools and teams at no cost to them, all funded by sponsors that Joe's putting together, uh, I think it's a pretty special thing that we're doing. And we're not just talking about addictions. We're talking about mental illness because I've battled anxiety, depression, OCD. I've had them all. And as I sit here and talk to you from 
an NHL game in Ottawa. I'm not on any pharmaceuticals for these things. Clearly sober, coming up on three years. Life's never been better. So I'm just trying to show people there's a way out. This is the road out. And if you're trying to find the road, I'll show you the path. Oh, great stuff. Rod Peterson, of course, you can find more about Rod, uh, EMJ Marketing uh, online and uh, book Rod for uh, for the Peterson Recovery presentation or anything else uh, Rod can do because he can do a lot, including uh, call Rough Rider games on 620 CKRM <laughs> on Sunday, the Eastern final featuring the Riders and the Argos. Rod, we really appreciate you taking time for us tonight. We wish you get you back to the hockey game before you miss it all. <laughs> it's all good. I'd, I'd rather do this. Thank you, Craig. That will do it for the ratio this week. Our thanks to Rod Peterson, Sean Lemon, Joe Gunnis. I'm Craig Hemingway. Enjoy the finals. We'll talk to you next week before Grey Cup.